Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back for another episode of uh, Earl Stewart on Cars. And uh, sometimes I feel like you think I'm hyping the show too much, but this truly is a, uh, an important time um, in history for the automobile business and for you, the automobile buyer. Um, unprecedented, truly. I mean, uh, there's a lot of uh, hype and uh, exaggeration, but truly, it's a dangerous time for you being out there in the car buying world, or leasing for that matter, and even renting. I mean, renting uh, prices are off the chart. Uh, as a lot of you know, I'm a recovering car dealer, and I'm still currently a car dealer. And uh, I just got a notice from uh, Toyota, uh, which is the dealership that we have, that the uh, cost of rental cars have been raised on reimbursement to dealers for warranty. And that's supposed to be a super bargain. And now we're reimbursed $42 uh, an hour on rental cars. Day. <laughs> uh, by day. day. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was $42 an hour, but sure. we only get $42 a day. I used to be, what was it, uh, 35 uh, it was 35 they jumped up $7. Yeah. So that's a big jump. Now it's been 35 for 700 years, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And um, and that's if you can find a rental car because they're not available. And price gouging is going on rental, leasing, purchasing, used cars, new cars. There's nothing safe out there uh, in the automotive world. So please be careful. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because almost everybody listening today um, has been listening for a while, and uh, you're educated consumers, but that's okay. I like to preach to the choir because the choir, we also call some of you our vigilante team, and you can spread the word, and it gets spread a lot. Uh, we, uh, we have a lot of faithful listeners who help a lot of people, their friends, relatives, neighbors, and if you do nothing more than say, hey, listen, listen to our own cars, and I say that uh, with good conscience because we're not selling anything uh, honestly I mean maybe my book I forgot to bring a copy but I wrote a book called Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer it's a how to do it book on buying a car without being ripped off by a car dealer you can buy it on Amazon so we're selling the book but 100% of the proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue charity so we don't make a nickel on that so truly uh, this is a consumer advocacy show um, please spread the word if you have a friend, neighbor, relative, anybody that's thinking about buying a car or leasing a car, be careful out there, folks. I'm telling you, we're, there's some horror stories. Dealers' inventories are down to unprecedented lows. Uh, the, the lots look like, uh, really look like uh, empty parking lots. I mean, yeah. that's almost literally what they are. You can see the difference in color uh, on the asphalt. Yeah. for where the cars used to be. Yeah. yeah, we can see the bottom of our parking lot for the first time. And typically a dealer uh, 
we'll have a full inventory this time of year, and we'll have, uh, you know, if a dealer's selling uh, 300 cars a month, he'll he'll have at least 300 cars in inventory and probably 600. Today, that same dealer will have 50, if he's lucky. So that means you as a buyer or a lessor, if you're coming in to get transportation used or new, you're going to have to take what the dealer has to offer. If you want to buy a new car, you're going to be waiting weeks, probably months. And uh, if you want to buy a used car, you better check the new car price and the new car and the used car price, because with the shortage of used cars, uh, there's not a big spread like there normally is. So you have to you have to make that decision. I know. Uh, you say, I need a car. Okay, well, if you need a car, you got to buy a car. And uh, just be careful. That's all. You can still get a decent deal. You're not going to get a great deal compared to what you could have gotten a couple of years ago. But you're gonna, you can get a fair deal. That's all you can expect. Try to get a fair deal. Uh, Mr. Shopping Report. Uh, we'll talk about that later. It's in the second half of the show. But... Uh, it's uh, going to be interesting. It's for a, a local dealer, and uh, Nancy just slid me a copy of it. Uh, uh, please stay tuned for that. It'll come in the second half of the show. We're on until 10 o'clock, but about 9.30, quarter to 10, we'll be talking about our mystery shopping report. And I, uh, we, we like them because we get all different kind of uh, dealers. We get, uh, unfortunately, too many uh, dealers out there to rip you off. Too many. But there are fewer, I think. Stu, do you sense that? Nancy, do you sense that? That we're seeing more and more good shopping reports, Rick? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, it's kind of strange, I think, that uh, dealers have gone to the extremes, and we've seen them go both ways. So, like, for example, the Grecos, or Grecos, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. their last two shopping reports were all right. They got C's, yeah. and they've kind of moved out of that, uh, yeah. uh, that dismal range there and then yeah. we see the other ones go, go pretty bad <laughs> yeah i think that this show is reaching more uh consumers and car dealers than we ever thought uh, we have definitely made an impact helped a lot of people and for yeah. that the reward a great mystery shopping report yeah i hear that uh, uh, nancy is always you know she's she's out in the public and like we all are and uh, we hear comments from people where we shop and, you know, when we're out, whatever we're doing, we're at Publix and, and we hear, oh, uh, I heard about your show. And so that's good, though. Yeah. We need to spread the word about Earl Store and Cars. You're doing a great job of that. And uh, we are looking uh, for volunteers to, uh, we call them um, Earl's Vigilantes. Not only did I forget my book, I forgot my hat. <laughs> so we, 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 I forgot. Do I have my pants on? <laughs> Most important, you're here. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we uh, we do our best. And if you want to volunteer to be a vigilante, and that's a, I know vigilante can have a negative term, but we're talking about a positive. You know, the, the, remember the old days, the vigilantes in the old west that you that were doing good because there wasn't enough law enforcement. Well, that's what we have with Earl's vigilantes. They are a team to fill in for the uh, lack of responsibility from our legislators and our regulators to enforce the law. Yeah, we've got laws right now that protect you. Problems are not being enforced, Rick. It's like the Lone Ranger or Paladin. Oh. 
I, I think I I'm, know, I'm going way, way <laughs> back. But <laughs> who's Tonto? You're too if young to remember ranger, that. Can I be the Lone Ranger? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Who was that masked man? Hey, with the yeah, when we had the mask, we're not wearing masks in the studio anymore. But that would have been perfect, right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, so with that said, EarlsVigilantes.com. You can go to EarlOnCars.com, and you can sign up. Uh, we'll get a little profile on you. We'll send you a hat. And we would like you to do things like help your neighbors and your friends, uh, you know, your relatives. People say, I'm a qualified vigilante for Earl Stewart on cars. Absolutely. And I will help you. And uh, I'll tell you how to get hold of Earl Stewart or Nancy Stewart or Stu Stewart or Rick Kearney. Uh, you can listen to the show. You can call, text them. Uh, you can read the book. You can go to EarlOnCars.com. We have so many resources. YouTube, you know, Earl Stewart on Cars uh, is on uh, YouTube, YouTube.com, forward slash Earl on Cars. And we have uh, hundreds, we have hundreds, we have hundreds of videos out there. And on practically every subject, Jonathan over you know, off camera now does an amazing job of excerpting, excerpt, uh, cutting out, editing the, the, the good meat of my rants. What I'm doing now is a rant, but Jonathan will take a little segment that is uh, to the point, and he'll put it into YouTube, uh, maybe in one minute or two minutes, and you can see a subject that will be very precisely and clearly uh, presented to you, like leasing, you have maintenance and repairs. Rick does an amazing number of YouTubes on maintenance and repair. And so all these resources, be a vigilante, yeah. spread the word. They're priceless. And uh, uh, lastly, uh, participate in the show if you can. We love to have the calls. Uh, that's what makes the show. Uh, we have an audio line, 877-960-9960. Forgive us for giving this number out so often. But you've got to remember, we're on the air for two hours, and people tune in for 15, 20 minutes. They get where they're going. They're in the car, and we lose them. And somebody else comes on board. And so if we don't give the number out, as we go through the two-hour segment, then people don't know how to call. And if you don't call, you want to talk about a boring show? Without your calls, nobody would be listening to this show no. or watching the show. So that number is 877-960-9960. And text us. I'm not going to give the text number out right now. I'll let Nancy do that in a minute. I, want to, I don't want to bury you with a whole bunch of numbers, but uh, just remember your participation in the show is truly vital to our success. And our success is vital to you being able to buy, lease a, a car or maintain a car and not get taken advantage of. Uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Um, <laughs> let me introduce uh, Nancy Stewart, who is my uh, wife. Uh, she is uh, the co-founder co of the show. Can't believe we've been around for 20 years, but we have half hour show a long, long time ago. And uh, Nancy is also Jeez. the representative of the female population of the world. We are worldwide. I mean, it's, you know, be realistic. I mean, how many calls do we get from Bali? We got one, and that's kind of like on the other side of the world. Don't think we've had Australia yet, have we? But love to hear some callers from Australia. Probably midnight in Australia, and that ain't going to happen. Uh, but anyway, she has built the audience of the ladies uh, to near parity. They should be at 50-50. We're not there yet. And uh, we see life differently, we men, 
than women do, and we act differently. And we are, and viva la difference, right? We like the difference between men and women, but we need to be we need to come together on the show, and that's what Nancy's here for to bring men and women. If you're a car buyer, you're all the same to us. We want to help you, Nancy. That's a great way to define it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to take a moment and thank all of you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. Without you, well, we're helpless. Uh, you're a big part of the show, so uh, thank you. Ladies, uh, give us a call. Share your experience, whether it be purchasing, servicing, uh, or if you just want to call and say hello. Uh, because the first two new lady callers, you get yourself $50, uh, as we do every Saturday. You're an important part of the show, and that uh, number is 877-960-9960. And we have another exciting show, so stay tuned. As Earl said, Mystery Shopping Report and everything in between as far as helping you to make a deal out there to purchase, lease, uh, whatever it is, a car. Uh, we are going to go to our first caller who has been holding, and that's John, who is a regular caller from West Palm Beach. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning. Um, Welcome. I have a question. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The, um, I have a 2002 Avalon that I bought several months ago. Uh, I had 60,000 60, miles on it. Um, and the sunglass case um, with the uh, uh, sunroof, um, they, uh, so I had called, and they said uh, that they, the, the part's no longer available. Hmm. Uh, so I decided, well, I'm going to have to go to the junkyard and, and find some Toyotas there that have it. And in the meantime, I was also looking at the multi functional display unit and the uh, uh, thermostat control for the AC in that because the LCD crystals it, like burned out went bad and uh, and the multifunctional display you couldn't you could barely see it this is my question I replaced the multifunctional display unit but it only goes to the year 2000 the cars are 2002 I can only set it to the year 2000 hmm. Can, if I bring the car in, is there, it, it, um, I guess it's for Rick, is there any way to get past that 2000, year 2000? Uh, there should definitely be a way. I'd, I'd have to look at a 02 Avalon. I'm setting my Wayback Machine on my memory here, which unfortunately gets a bit foggy. Um, I, I would Rick, have to look Rick, that up to Rick find the answers on that Rick is old enough to one. remember. That's a 20-year-old car. You, Rick's only 25. I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got Well, actually, even if you reverse those numbers, still not even close. But um, actually, I would have to pull that one up on TIS or, or look at the car to try to see what's going on. But it could be that you got an older unit that, I mean, there may be something wrong in in that display unit that's causing that issue. But yeah, unfortunately, the government only requires car manufacturers to produce parts for a car up to uh, for ten years after that particular model has ended so or as as it's that. well as as it's been redesigned so you know when parts become outdated unfortunately after 10 years they still keep a certain number there's still a few available but they start running out after a while 
And so right. dealerships get hard to find. What you can try doing though is go on like eBay and some of the other sites like that and look and see, there may be a part like that out in old, old inventory somewhere that some shop has for like for that sunglass holder. Well, the, so yeah, they, it's on eBay. They want $35 for it. But uh, I was able to, I go to UPOL, UPay, and I was able to get the multifunctional and the thermostat unit, and all of that's fixed. And you can see them now. They're illuminated. Uh, you know, I only paid $65 for those two parts. So I did, you know, on eBay and that, you know, you're paying a premium price on it. But if they're not available around, like at the junkyard, there was, you know, all of the sunglass holder units, they're all broken you know i don't know people just they're all busted up right um so anyways but okay so we we can't fix the 2000 year thing so i got it set to 1999 because it gives the right date and the day at 1999 and here's here's the hard part that happens so i'll is our my car was 60,000. when i put that new multi-functional display in the car jumped to 190,000 miles because the odometer is built into the multifunctional display, right, and not the instrument panel. And I know, and I know you can't change that because you're not allowed to play with those. And I didn't think to keep the old unit till my wife said something, and uh, you know I threw the old unit away. But I wasn't. I, I'm not going to sit here and sell a 25 year old car and take it apart to show them it's only 60,000 miles. Yep. Uh, uh, John, I'm, we're not we're, we're not going to try to sell your car either. And congratulations on having such a good car that you obviously took really good care of for all these years. Uh, but I will say, I just want to tell you that your car is worth considerably more today than it was a couple of years ago. I mean, cars don't normally appreciate, but they do today. You're in a unique situation. So if you ever think about selling the car, uh, uh, you probably ought to do it in the next few months. Uh, because you're never going to get as high a price today as you as you can for the car. But you got a great car, and there's no reason if you don't need it, uh, you're doing the right thing, trying to keep it going. And you got such low mileage, uh, you get a lot more um, use yeah. out of that car. I got another 15 years on that car. Sure you do. Yeah, I like to hear people talk like that. You take care of a car like you have, and uh, and even you know. By the way, parts. Um, I wish the manufacturers uh, made more parts uh, or longer parts for the for the uh, ten years doesn't seem right to me, but uh, uh, the fact of the matter is you should always get something used or rebuilt uh, when you have an older car like that because you'd pay through the nose for a brand new part anyway. And bring it in and let uh, you can talk to Rick after the show. Uh, uh, bring the car in sometime, and he can help you with that reset on the. Uh, on the thing, he says there should be a way to work around that, and uh, hang on to that car. You can say you got another ten years on that car, and and uh, boy, are you getting some economical transportation? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I drive them into the ground. Uh, but and we have well, we haven't met before. We were supposed to meet because I'm the one. My son has the 1999 Toyota Celsior oh. that uh, you have on on your uh, video website. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's right. The right. <laughs> So, I met you. I met you guys when you guys you guys brought it out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was really cool. Hey, our, our um, Jonathan in the studio sent me a website, um, and it's um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's uh, unidepart dot com. Yeah, U N E E D A P A R T dot com. 
Can you give, give that okay. to me one more time, Stu? Uh, you need a part. It's oh, you need a part. Yeah, you need. Oh, <laughs> so funny how the brain works. I'm looking at this thing going. You need the part. All right, you need a part. <laughs> Rick's over there telling me that I, I didn't get it. Hey, what a good name! You need a part. You need a part. Love it, yeah. And I searched. I you know, pulled up a 2002 Avalon, and looks like every part's there. I don't know if that's a referral service or it's a search thing, but um, it's worth checking out. Um, I did find some information on the multi-display uh, stuff. So, And I will say this. Uh, we have, our family has a 1937 Pontiac, which was the first yep. car my father sold in 1937. And we had that restored, and it has all original parts. And uh, it, yep. took, it took two years to get the, the, the vehicle restored, but we were able to find all the parts, original parts. So if you can find a part for a 1937 Pontiac, you'll be able to mm -hmm. find a part for a 2002 Toyota, if, you, if you're persistent. And thank you very much, Jonathan, youneedapart.com. Uh, that's an interesting website. We'll have to check that out, keep it on file. Well, for uh, just one last thing, uh, me being from Detroit, I had a 70 GTO judge, and it took me two and a half years to restore that back to original. And a lot of my parts came from Hershey, Pennsylvania, <laughs> they, uh, the Carlisle show. There's a great big car show there that uh, in Hershey, Pennsylvania, where if, there, if you've got people that are looking for parts, that's the place to go. Uh, it, it, it runs uh, once a year for like a week now. And uh, that's where I, I was able to find a lot of uh, original equipment, you know, OEM stuff. Well, thank you, John. Uh, that's a great call. Applies to a lot of people out there that know how to take care of a car and uh, continue to drive a car. and and uh, come out way ahead of the game economically because you don't have to trade yeah. a car every three or four years. It costs you a lot of money no. for that luxury. Yeah. Call yeah, again, please, good. John. Thanks. All right, so we'll come. I'll bring it in. Thanks, John. Okay. 877-960-9960. You know, I might take advantage of that uh, youneedapart.com. Yeah. Do you think they have uh, trapezius or rhomboids? <laughs> anyway, I digress. Uh, they should be specific automobiles. <laughs> uh, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Take advantage of that. If you'd like to remain anonymous, you definitely do. You remain anonymous. You can ask whatever you want. Make a comment. Give us your opinion. 877-960-9960 if you want to give us a call. And we are going to go to a first-time caller, and that's Steve from Stewart. Good morning, Good morning, Steve. Uh, I, I have an unusual situation. Uh, and, uh, Earl, I, uh, I know that you know uh, Ray. I'll just use his last name. starts with I, and he's a car attorney. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And a few years back, we were also talking with you because I have a disabled sister-in-law, and she had bought a car at a Toyota dealership. And she had it for about six, seven days, and she did not like it. Mm -hmm. She went back to the dealer and asked what she could do and what kind of car she wanted. And she said she would like a Lexus. So they just happened to have a Lexus dealer as well. And I don't remember, I don't know if you remember this, but they packed her first Le uh, Toyota into the lease with the Lexus that she was paying $730 wow. a month on a month on a lease Ooh. for the 
the IS, I think, 250 or mm-hmm. a pretty basic car. And being that she has uh, very little intellectual skills, she went back to the original Toyota dealer and leased another car. Man, and the car, the car, this week I've been talking with her. I said, do not dare to go buy a car by yourself. I will go with you, whatever you want to look at it the week, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, I, unbeknownst to me, yesterday afternoon she called my wife and she said she leased another car. And I knew exactly what she was going to do. She was going to go where she bought the first Toyota and go back and get another one. This car was a 2018, I'm sorry, noise there, I'm at the car wash, uh, 2018 that I, they paid it off through October and they gave her a lease car, another car, and her 2018 had 3,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. And I was begging her to just let me sell it for you and go buy a new car. Uh, my feelings were that the car is worth a lot more in her hands. She should be owning it sure, and selling it and maybe then going to lease the car. But I was just wondering if that was the right procedure because she was like dealing with nails. She just wanted to go there, give it to them. Well, I remember that, and I, uh, I, I know the dealer, and uh, yeah, uh, it was uh, the dealer's under a different ownership now. But uh, oh, is it the dealer's and no, it was it was Sandy the whole time. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. And they went to the. I was the thinking. Rest. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was Sandy. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it's it, it's so uh, leasing is the the one area where people can really be taken advantage of because so few people understand it. And uh, yeah. the dealers certainly don't explain it, and they take the money owed on the first lease, and they roll it into the next lease, and you think you're leasing another car, and you're basically leasing two cars because you're paying for two at the same time, and hence the $730 a month payment. It's unconscionable. Unfortunately, it's illegal. I mean, it is legal, but it is certainly immoral, and uh, I'm really sorry that she was uh, uh, victimized like that. It happens every day. And uh, well, actually, is Ray is our friend Ray still around? Yeah, I haven't spoken to him. Why? I, I don't. Do you mind if I mention his last name? I I'd like to give him no, some PR. He's a consumer advocacy lawyer. His name is Inglesby, Ray Inglesby. Uh, been around for a long time. And uh, uh, interestingly enough. Uh, Back when I was a recovering car dealer, we were adversaries, and uh, uh-huh. he sued me, and uh, we fought each other going back 30, 40 years. And uh, as I evolved uh, from a uh, crooked car dealer into a recovering car dealer, uh, we became uh-huh. friends, and now we're colleagues. And I refer business to Ray, and and uh, he and I have lunch together. And uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, I don't. I hope he's not retired, but and I hope he's doing well health-wise. He's he's uh, been around a long time. I know that. But uh, thanks for thanks for bringing his name up. I I think fondly of Ray. Uh, we we have a lot of laughs together because 
it's fun to talk when we you know we can we can sit there and talk on the phone or have lunch and talk about when we were enemies and then we talk about how we helped each other and uh it's good to be a recovering car dealer <laughs> well i i thought that i uh, i'm an attorney as well oh okay and uh, I had called Ray because I didn't know anything. I, I knew what the case was going to be, mm-hmm. uh, all, all different parts of it. But uh, Ray came to my office and met with my sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. One of the first questions he asked her, and this goes back to the original uh, Toyota, why don't you like the car? What's the problem? And she said, I don't like the radio. <laughs> and Ray and I were ready to throw her out the third floor window <laughs> of my office. <laughs> And, but she's she's not truly all there, and she's seventy three years old, and she yeah. walks in, and they've been calling at her at home to come yeah. in, yeah. telling her that it, she doesn't want to buy it. Which I told her, just buy it. If you don't buy it, I'll buy it and mm-hmm. sell it and get a few bucks for you because of the mileage. And uh, she said she couldn't be bothered, and we all said she'll buy the car someday in the next few days and not tell anybody, or at least the one again. Yeah. And uh, we were in court for quite a while, and then she did not want to go to trial because she didn't want to testify in court. Hmm. That's a shame. Yeah, these are the victims I talk about in my blog articles, and and uh, that's the reason we need people like you, Steve, that attorneys that understand what's going on. You see the worst of the worst of it, and uh, your your testimony to what we talk about on the show every week. Uh, what goes on with the victims of, of the um, America, uh, the very old, uh, the intellectually challenged, the language challenged, the very young uh, victims, people that are just easy prey to car dealers that all they care about is how m- I mean, how unconscionable to make $10,000 on a lease. I mean, a uh, yeah. retail lease should, if you're, if you really have a full, we call them in the business full list. You know, get all the money. You make three or four thousand dollars when you lease a car. To make three right. times that, it's just unconscionable. But it's legal, isn't it? You're a lawyer. You know what I'm talking about. The laws don't yeah. protect the victims. Well, I, if you have a second, I, I want to tell you one quick story that just happened. Also, sure. My my head paralegal drives, uh, she worked for a very, very big firm, and the guy used to give her bonuses in the form of his lease cars mm-hmm. to give them to her. And so she's driving a Jaguar that's about two years old right now. Uh, well, two years with her, but it's about five years old. She took it up to a Jaguar dealer to get a new Jaguar, and uh, the guys said they have to take it out, and two guys took a ride in her car, and she stayed with the salesman. And when they came back, they parked the car, uh, what I measured, roughly about 100 yards from the office or the, the dealership building, mm-hmm. uh, showroom. And uh, they came back, they parked it there, they told her that uh, she can't drive that car, they're going to have to give her something to drive. Hmm. There's, it's spewing oil, and it's flowing out into the asphalt that they put it on in the back, and it absolutely cannot be driven. This is one sharp girl. She's one of few paralegals who make the kind of money that she makes, and mm-hmm. she's a very nice-looking girl also, and she's 61 now. She said, 
forget about it. I'm driving it. You guys are crazy. She went to her. Good for uh, her. Uh, her uh, uh, repair shop that she normally uses, the mechanic, which give him a little plug. It's called Crown. I don't know who they are up here. And Crown says, Tammy, there is nothing wrong with your car. And in the Jaguar, there's a pan, an extra pan down there that will catch the oil anyway. Mm-hmm. And he said there was not a speck of oil. It was not where it was supposed to be. I see. Well, I, uh, that's uh, unconscionable, and it happens every day. Steve, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Now, maybe you wouldn't want to do it on the air, but uh, if you could... If you could text or give us your contact information, I'd love to have someone like you who cares about consumers in this area. I get calls every now and then. Who do I call if I need an attorney? And I'd like to have you on that list if you don't mind. Sure. You know, the only thing is I have lemon lawed nine cars Mm -hmm. of my own. (laughs) Wow. And, And there was a dealer... That once I bought my kid a car, a BMW 540, maybe 15 years ago or so, mm-hmm. a used car at a at a dealer at a Mercedes dealership, and I had lemon lawed a truck, a Mercedes truck there, and I had lemon lawed a BMW truck from them, uh, and on the way out, I knew everybody in the dealership. They were. <laughs> Actually, a large dealership, part of the Asbury Group. Mm -hmm. And the sales manager with whom I was dealing and the salesman said, well, here's a car that uh, Steve won't be able to bring back. (laughs) However, it was for my son. Uh And he takes things, when he gets cars, he's got six, seven cars. He's mainly Porsches and Mercedes. Mm-hmm. But these days, now he's 38 years old and he does very well. He has nice cars. So it comes that, as soon as we get home, he puts that BMW in the garage and he starts going over it all himself. And he's, the trunk was a little bit dirty, so he was going to pull it out and wash it and the fabric stuff. The, and he pulls it apart, and there's Bondo in the rear, oh, no. the rear of the car. We take it back to the dealer, and I said, go take a look at that trunk. Uh, the uh, general manager, general sales manager was Bob at the time, an Indian fella. And they, I said, I guess Steve got to bring a car back, huh? And it turned out that the buyer for them, the buyer of used cars, was buying stolen cars, and that oh. BMW was one of them. So the dealership was not insured for the stolen car, apparently. Oh, man. And <laughs> a real mess. Whoa. Well, you know, I, I got to have you on our list. You know, we, I, uh, In fact, Stu, maybe we got to have on our uh, Earl on Cars, we should maybe have a list of recommended consumers. Ray and Steve. Yeah, Ray and Steve. If you give us your contact information, uh, we will start a recommended list of consumer advocate. Uh, you, you need someone like, you know, you're the last resort. I always recommend, I always recommend to uh, people that call me, uh, listen, try to resolve it with the owner, if you can't get the owner, the general manager, and try to do it amicably. But when all else fails, a manufacturer should be con- contacted too. And when you have to go to an attorney, you have to get a good one. And you sound to me like a really good consumer advocate attorney. So we'd love to have your well, name. Well, the, the in, general in manager of the uh, Toyota store and then at Sandy's Lexus store mm-hmm. 
uh, I got on the phone with him, uh, and I went through the situation, and he said, what do you want me to do? And I said, knock off that second payment, or we're going to be in court, which we ended up, and I had to call Ray. But he offered, he had the audacity to call me back. She's paying like seven ninety eight dollars for the Lexus. And he calls me back and he says, I can take $25 a month off it. Oh, no. Insult. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, your, your, your proof of the pudding that we talk about on the show every week. And it goes on. People don't hear about it. Uh, it gets quashed. Uh, the media really bothers me is the fact that the local media particularly protect their dealers. Why? Because they spend so much money in advertising. And uh, yeah. if, if a local dealer, uh, you almost have to commit murder uh, if you're a local car dealer sure. to go to get in the paper. Uh, they will go after anybody else. National companies, they love uh, scandal, they love to report bad companies, except a local company that advertises with them, they can, they can get away with anything. And we need people like you to help. But I'm so glad you called the show. And I hope you'll be a, well, become a regular I'll, caller. I'll introduce you real quick. I will. I'll, I'll introduce you to Brooke real quick. I'm at Paradise Car Wash at the moment getting my car washed. And Brooke, we're on the radio with Earl Stewart. Oh, wow. Fantastic. How <laughs> hey, do you Brooke, do? how you doing? <laughs> and this car wash is the car wash from heaven. Oh. oh. We'll give him a plug. Well, if you like him, we like him. Steve, oh, they're fabulous. They really are. Steve, this is Nancy Stewart. I just want to thank you so much for being part of the show and being a first-time caller. We definitely, as Earl said, need someone like you, and we'd love to hear from you again. Have a wonderful weekend. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the information to the dealership. Thank you. I Very appreciate good. it. Thank you so much. Uh, um, gosh, we got a ton of calls. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Mike. And uh, he'd like to ask Rick a, a question, and uh, he's calling from Loxahatchee. Uh, excuse me for a moment, Mike. Ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Don't forget. Welcome. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Um, Rick, my brother has a 2017 RAV4, and when he wants to use a trailer, he has to unhook his backup camera light to hook up his trailer lights so that he can have lights for the trailer. Can he come to you and where you can do it, where he doesn't have to get down on the ground to <laughs> change things around every time he wants to use a trailer? He has to disconnect what part in order to get the trailer wiring? The backup camera. The backup the camera, backup camera. That's what they told him. Some, some dealership or somebody told him that's what you have to do. I don't see any reason for that. It should be pretty simple to set up the wiring to have a four-pin plug. That That's, could, could he come to you? Could you help him with that? Yeah, we'd be able to do it at the dealership. That's not a problem. Okay. Could I have your uh, phone number where he can know that you're there when he's coming? I, I'm pretty much always there except for just a few holidays we're open that we're not open. Mm -hmm. Just uh, send, I tell you, you can text us right now, and uh, Rick will have the text uh, w right now live on the show. And you send, send the text to 772 area code 497-6530-772. Are you able to write this down? Yes, yes. 772-497-6530. Rick will have that text immediately. 
and then we can communicate. You give me your contact information, and we'll take a look at that. Because you're absolutely right. Uh, it seems silly for somebody to have to get on their hands and knees and disconnect the backup camera every time you want to use your trailer, and we can certainly help you. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Call again, please. Thank you, Mike. Uh, we're going to go straight to Warren. Oh. Uh, Warren's been holding, and uh, thank you, Warren, for being patient. He's a regular caller from Pompano. Yeah, guys, uh, glad to talk to you. I, I have a situation, it's not me, and I have a cousin down there. I'm, I'm up in New Jersey now, but he lives, me, lives near me in Florida. I believe he just got taken for the ultimate ride. Let me just tell you the story. And before I talk to him, the other day he had his lease blew up on his uh, Dodge uh, Challenger, and he went to the dealership, one of the ones you reviewed. And he had damage in the car, and I told him to fix it before it had the damage. We went in there, they saw the damage, and they said, well, you really should fix it because you're going to charge arms and legs, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so they said, we don't have any leases to give you, but we have a better way to do this. They said, uh, this is what we're going to do. And I believe they focused him, and he had like one uh, payment left on the car. They said, we'll take care of it. Make a long story short. What I believe they did is they lied to and told them, well, you can't buy this car out on a lease. Only we could do that. They did it, and they resold him the car for thousands of dollars more. Because he told me what the payments were. And I said, well, wait a minute. That's the price of a new car. They, they gave you uh, – it, it made no sense to me what he did. And I'm just saying, does he have any recourse or, you know, is, because I believe that – because I think that's untrue, correct? You can't right. – dealer can't tell you, you you can't buy out the car. Yeah, Um like from Warren, what I understand, like most manufacturers, you know, that's set in the contract. It's the residual, and that's what the buyout is. Now we we know that dealers add uh, fees and you know like inspection charges and all sorts of stuff if you buy out your lease. Um, we did hear recently somebody said uh, I can't remember what manufacturer it was um, where a dealer did that where they they jacked it up, called it a market adjustment, and I don't think that is legal now. I don't know because I'm only really familiar with Toyota's leasing company. I know some, some manufacturers, for example, like Ford has um, the, the red carpet lease. They, they do things a little bit differently. Um, and I think the dealers might have some say-so in the buyout, but uh, um, it sounds I, like- I doubt yeah, it, but yeah. I, yeah, I- Yeah, this sounds, uh, this sounds criminal to me, but you know, I'm not a lawyer. We gotta call Steve back. <laughs> yeah, hope so. maybe Steve's listening, yeah. <laughs> There's a case for you, Steve. A great advice. Well, first of all, he doesn't. He, I don't want to go through. He's my cousin, but he won't listen to anything you tell him. And he's not no babies in the sixties, but he just doesn't listen to anything. He just does it his way. And I told him before I left in New Jersey, let me go with you to the um, dealer. And he didn't. He didn't want to hear it. And he went and he told me what he did. And I didn't say anything at the time. But what I did was, I added up the numbers and I said. It sounds crazy to me. Now he's going to go get the car fixed because he found out about $2,000 worth of damage and get it done. When I added up the numbers, I said, wait a minute. He's paying for it. This guy bought the car off the lease, the dealer, and sold him back the same car for thousands of dollars more than what the residual was. And he, and he lied. So if, if he does want to pursue it, because I, I know him, he likes to say, I don't care. I don't want to do it. Is he any recourse to that? I, uh, you'd have to get, you'd have to hire an attorney. I mean, uh, you'd have to be able to demonstrate, um, probably in writing, uh, how this occurred, because it would be a he said, she said kind of a, of a swearing contest. 
Uh, the contract speaks for itself, and I'm pretty sure, and Stu and I agree, that the contract states that the lease residual has to be adhered to with certain specific exceptions. Unfortunately, in Florida, they have things like the dealer fee, and that is really uh, a wild, uh, crazy variable because it can be as high as the dealer chooses to make it. But to be able to completely manipulate the residual value to the customer should be illegal. And if it was demonstrated to an attorney, he could get he could probably get satisfaction in court. Uh, it's so dangerous today uh, when you are turning a lease car in. There's a uh, the the I, I had a call yesterday from a, a, a person on the same thing. Elderly parents couldn't drive the car anymore. It was a Mercedes, and uh, they <coughs> the dealer was trying to take advantage of the buyback on the lease. Uh, so. Uh, the important thing is to read the lease con contract and see exactly what's permitted and be sure you don't pay more than that. Well, the, the question I really have is the end question. Uh, is that, does it sound to you, you hit it on the head, that he manipulated the, the lease end on it because he told them flat out, because he, you know, he said it to me, he said, well, you can't buy a car, on, it was a Dodge Charger. And it's one of those guys you reviewed who had to, like an F that and whatever and he said no you can't buy it off the lease and when he said that to me i said that's a lie i never of course heard it is that. yeah total lie i, I said I, I don't know of any dealers you, can, you can't buy and he goes well he paid the last you know he, he, he did this hocus pocus thing and i said oh god i said and he added up the payments i said you just rebought the car for forty thousand dollars i said you pay you it was a lease that was for the cars forty thousand dollars three years ago and I said, based on the payments, they just added up to $40,000. Exactly. Well, yeah. yeah. That that sounds to me uh, flat. I think that, and I'm not a lawyer. I hope Steve's still listening. It sounds to me that would be a, a, a violation of the contract. If you have a residual uh, and then you also have lease payments, uh, common sense, morality, and probably fairness in, a, in the contractual term would say you can't charge the customer all the payments on the lease when they, in the contract, they could buy it for the residual. And I think, and I hope Steve, maybe he could call the show back in or text us, in a lease contract, the, 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 the dealer would have to give you the benefit of the lower cost, either all the lease payments or be able to buy it at the residual. I don't know. It's a legal question, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not 100% sure. Or even yeah. the type of person, like I said, he won't admit a mistake. So even if he paid $100,000 for a car, Crazy. he wouldn't yeah. admit it anyway. But, but huh. you know, he'll just say, oh, you know, whatever, that's, that's who he is, and you, know, you can't change it at 60 years old. Hmm. But uh, I just you know, I just wanted to tell him that. What he, what, what's he do with it? I don't care because, you know, it's not my money, his money. Hmm. Let him do what he wants. But the last thing is just if I use cars... Um, I have a, I think I mentioned a 2010 Ford Taurus with 165,000 miles on it. Anyway, I needed some work, and I didn't really want to spend $1,000 on it, which I had to do about three weeks ago. But the guy who fixed the car for me said to me, after he's fixed it, because the car's in pretty good shape, painted the leathers, the whole nine years. I said, well, he said, are you interested in selling it? But I said, well, last August, somebody offered me 2500 He said, I'll give you $5,000 on the spot for it now. Hmm. So you're talking about you know how 
used car. The last year I could get twenty five hundred, and the guy who fixed the car wanted to give me five thousand dollars less than a year later. Uh, well, uh, again, spread the word, uh, Mike, and uh, you know when the people. Hmm? Warren. Warren. I'm sorry, Warren. Spread the word, Warren. Uh, I uh, I can only say that uh, this is something that needs to be uncovered and needs to be addressed. And uh, people like you that can help and advise friends and family. Uh, are you a vigilante, Warren? I would love to have you on the vigilante team. Uh, well, if, I'll, think about, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it, but uh, when I come back down to Florida in the winter, yeah. uh, I certainly will think, think about it. Get a hat. And, uh, it, it just annoyed me that my cousin, I told, and when I'm down there where we like eat dinner or lunch twice, four times a week. And, mm-hmm. But like I said, you can't talk to him. He makes up his mind to do something. And even if he's wrong, he won't admit it. So, but I was just curious. And, I, and you pretty much confirmed what I already figured out. But all right, guys, thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. It. You got a great show. Okay, Warren, thank you so much. Uh, I have a question for the ladies. Uh, how are you getting the most out of a tank of gas? You know, ladies, with all of the hats that we wear and how busy we are, uh, have you have you changed your 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 driving technique? Uh, is there any strategy that you can share with us? Remember, you can win yourself fifty dollars this morning because the first two new lady callers. $50 if you give us a call this morning, and uh, that'll help you fill that tank. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. We are going to go to John in Palm City, who is a regular caller. Good morning, John. You there, John? Hello, John. Hello, Palm City. I'm sorry, we must have dropped the call. Okay, okay we'll take advantage of this uh, little space, in, uh, and, and we're going to... We, we never introduced uh, Stu, and uh, he is a huge part of the show and the Mystery Shopping Report, so he could share a few details with us. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Stu. <laughs> so, I'm Earl. Hey. That's Rick. I'm Earl also. I bet you guys didn't know that. There's two Earls in the studio. Um, I'm going to jump right into the text just because um, we've had a lot of calls this morning. It's almost 9 o'clock and I haven't gotten to Anne Marie's text. So we'll start off with, uh, with Anne Marie. She says, Good morning. I've been window shopping new Toyota vehicles online. I've noticed that interiors are now either fabric or soft text. One, is this switch from leather to synthetic due to supply challenges due to the pandemic, or has it been a trend over the years? Two, is soft text or leatherette superior to leather? Three, is there a leather shortage? Four, is Toyota turning vegan? Just wondering, thanks. And um, Emery, um, Softex has been around for a while now. I'm going to, at least 10 years, I'm going to say. Have you seen the advertisement, please eat chicken? Oh, that's what, yes, exactly. That would work for Softex <laughs> as well. Um, the answer to that is um, it's probably, it's better for Toyota. It's probably a cost savings, um, but it's also a weight savings. So Softex leather weighs half as much as leather does um, when you put it in the car and with uh, hybrids and, and fuel economy, that's huge. 
Um, the other thing is it uses way less CO2 emissions to make than it does leather. So in a sense, there's an environmental reason. And then when it's in the car, and this is my favorite because I'm one of the weird people who hates new car smell, um, it outgasses way less uh, volatile VOCs, those volatile organic compounds which can cause cancer. That new car smell is all a bunch of chemicals, and there's less of it with Softex. Um, and then since we've had it around since I think 2009 or 2010, we're seeing a lot of these cars over the years coming on trade, and it wears uh, way better than leather. It doesn't crack. Um, it just lasts a lot longer. So You left out one thing. What's that? There's the cow lobby. Right, the cows are really pushing against the leather thing. So, exactly. so yeah, those are the reasons. But I bet you the main reason it probably costs Toyota less to to, to make <laughs> or to put in a car. That's fantastic. Yep. All right, we can go on to another text. Let's see. Let's go to anonymous feedback. Um, are there any Asian trucks or SUVs that run on diesel fuel? And yes, I Toyota has some, but they just don't sell them in the United States, right, Rick? Correct. Um, <clears throat> what about other um, like? Hyundai or Honda, anybody else making diesel vehicles? Nissan, but they use a uh, Cummins turbo diesel from here in the U.S. Okay, so there's your answer right there. All right, next one. Here's a a movie recommendation. You should watch the 1990s movie Class Action. Perfect explanation of why they have no fix for the airbag. It's a uh, it's a simple actuarial actuarial analysis. Just say for argument's sake, it costs five hundred dollars to fix each airbag on every GM vehicle. It may cost GM twenty five million dollars plus. The actuaries crunch numbers and realize that maybe one out of uh, out of every two hundred or so cars have the bad airbag. If each customer sues and wins, the monetary payout will be about ten million dollars. It's cheaper to deal with the lawsuit, assuming everyone that sues wins money, than recall every call, car and fix the airbags. I know uh, a loss prevention manager at Walmart. He told me that even if they have someone on surveillance video intentionally spilling a liquid on the floor and falling down, quote unquote, because it, because of it, uh, Walmart will pay them five to ten thousand dollars and sign a non-disclosure agreement and settle. It's cheaper uh, to pay them off than to defend the lawsuit in, in negative publicity. Sadly, yeah. that's sadly that's true. It's a, um, you know, we uh, Nancy and I are watching a bunch of legal series now. Uh, and a lot of these are based on facts, uh, and we see exactly the way the world runs. And it's, uh, you know, follow the money. It, it's unfortunately true. Uh, it's a, there's an argument, there's always a push-pull between morality and fiduciary responsibility to stockholders. Think about it. All the big companies are publicly owned, virtually. And so if you have a, uh, I'll be right with you. Uh, if uh, <laughs> Rick has a YouTube. We'll be right. Uh, uh, if you have a, a situation, uh, there is a, being, a pencil being put and a calculator being put to the issue. And you're caught between a rock and a hard place if you're, if you're a corporation. You, if you do what's right for the morality portion of it, for the customer portion, you, you can be violating your fiduciary responsibility to your stockholders. So you could be sued by your stockholders if you were a director or a officer in the company, uh, just like you could be sued by the customer for the, on the other side. So corporations are caught between a rock and a hard place, and it's our system. That's the way our system works. And uh, uh, the answer is you just have to be uh, aware, informed, and uh, when you find a lawyer, find a really good one. And if you have a moral, ethical issue, uh, you gotta be prepared for a big fight. 
corporations can throw the towel in. If they throw the towel in, uh, they're still going to get in trouble with their stockholders. That's right. Okay, Rick. I was just going to say, I think I recall that movie, and I think it was based on the story of the Ford Pintos, where the fuel right. tank was badly designed, yeah. and they, a rear-end collision could cause them to burst into flames. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that was one of the things that came out, was Ford, their, their oh, sure. bean counters decided that it was more advantageous to pay off the lawsuits than to redesign the car because it would be cheaper. Yeah. The, the question is, was, that, was it immoral? How immoral was it? Uh, when, you are, when you are the CEO of a corporation or you're on the board of directors, you go in with your eyes wide open, you have a legal and you could even call it moral responsibility mm -hmm. to your stockholders. You know, take a pension fund, you know, life savings in a pension fund, or you take a, the widows and orphans idea, their money is invested in your stock. And so you make a, a moral decision to keep your conscience clear and do the right thing by a customer, causing your stock to plunge in price, and suddenly there's not enough money in the pension fund uh, that owns your stock uh, to pay the retirement for the people that own your fund. So they're both ethical problems. And I think what we're looking at is just a, a huge uh, conflict in uh, legalities. Can a, Where do you can go? The shareholder can sue, though. So if they Shareholders if, can sue. So if they made some boneheaded moves that caused that whole thing, then the exactly. little lady could... A whole bunch of litigation. Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of attorneys and, you know, this whole conversation... Uh, that you were talking about, you know, the uh, Consumer Report has uh, an article in it, and uh, I just can't wrap my head around it, and that is the lack of uh, key protective technology. And uh, these trucks are being sold. And they, oh, is that in the newest issue? Yes, it, it, in the safety features that these trucks lack. Uh, this is in the July edition of the Consumer Report, is uh, certainly startling. And the uh, Colorado, uh, that is the Chevy Colorado, and the uh, GMC Canyon, and uh, also the Ram 1500 Classic uh, features uh, that keep you alive. Three most dangerous pickup road. trucks uh, in the study. Those three. Re read those uh, again, will you please, Nancy? Okay. Uh, Jonathan uh, is... Uh, uh, I can't read from here. It's uh, too far away. Uh, the uh, the uh, Chevrolet Colorado and the... You got it? Yeah. Uh, the GMC Canyon and also the ram that's the 1500 classic uh, i mean uh, things that they lack are the uh the automatic uh, uh emergency uh uh braking system uh, uh, uh there's a list of them we yeah. don't have time to to read them all right now as you can hear we really have a busy show this morning but pick yourself up uh, the uh, july edition of the consumer report and, and uh, it uh, it will you know grab you and it is a very interesting yeah, article. That, that's great information and by the way uh, the article goes on to say that one of the reasons these particular trucks are particularly dangerous is because they're too big and they keep making the pickup trucks bigger and bigger and the bigger the trucks 
the more blind spots you have and the more vi visibility problems you have. When you're in a, one of these big trucks, you don't have the visibility and you do need the pedestrian detection. You do need the emergency braking. You do need the, the blind side, the blind side. No notification because you're driving in a tank mm -hmm. that is very difficult to see out of. So yeah. driving July a building. consumer reports. Hmm? What? Driving a building. Yeah, driving a building. <laughs> and the, the hood height on some of those trucks oh. straight from the factory yeah. is higher than some of the average cars. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. things are getting, these trucks are getting bigger and bigger too big yeah. and just like Stu said it's a, a building so uh, at any rate 877-960-9960 and uh, also uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530 and www.youranonymousfeedback.com we are going to go back to the phones and we're going to talk to Roadrunner Steve who is a regular caller from Boynton Beach good morning Steve you still there, Steve? Beep, beep. Beep, beep. Roadrunner. Oh. All right. We okay. lost you. I'm sorry. Uh, well, we lost. Let me ask uh, Bob uh, from Palm Beach Gardens. Uh, are you still holding? Yes. Oh, thank you. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I've been on a few times before. Uh, the question I have this morning uh, is for Rick. And I own a used... 2018 Camry that I bought at your at your uh, dealership. I've been very happy with that car. Uh, recently, I had a mishap with the car where I didn't have feeling in my foot, and I'll go into that in a minute. And panicked and threw it into park, stripping the gears. Since that time. In the first and second gear, particularly when the transmission is cold, cars just started up and running, uh, it, it's sort of jerky to get out of those gears. And I wonder if it's possible to reprogram the transmission with your software to eliminate that problem. No. Unfortunately, any programming that legal mechanics can do, those programs have to come from the factory, from the engineers, because anything that is done on those can ch po uh, potentially change the emissions on the car. And the federal government says you cannot do that unless it is uh, authorized and approved by the EPA so that you're not changing the emissions the way the car runs. Uh, Volkswagen got spanked really, really hard over that issue, you might remember. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, changing the programming on the transmission it's run by the engine computer, and there's really nothing we would be able to do for it. it. Especially the way you describe it, it sounds like you've actually got internal damage in the transmission, and really the only repair for it is uh, either replacing it or rebuilding it. And truthfully, the best way is simply replacing it with a uh, factory remanufactured transmission. They're less expensive than the brand new ones, and they've been rebuilt to factory specifications. Well, I have, I've been diagnosed with neuropathy, which caused the problem that I had in my foot, and therefore I've been advised to sell my car. Now, um, I do have a warranty on the car, and I looked at it recently, and it may have expired already, I don't know, but possibly what I should do is 
uh, buy a rebuilt transmission before I sell it. Because if I sell it, anybody anybody looking at a car, uh, either yourself or uh, another agency, uh, Carvana, whoever, well, not so much Carvana because they can't drive the car, I guess, before they make a decision. But others would have the same problem and say, you know, I'm going to discount this car. So I guess what I have to say is what's least expensive for me? Bob, uh, let, let me, let me um, interrupt you and Rick because I want to ask uh, Rick a question. Um, you know, I, I, I have very little sympathy for some of our environmental laws on, um, on the books. And uh, I, I understand the reason for them and they're good laws. And we often have situations in some states where they still have inspections required and uh, sometimes to fix an emission problem, like with a catalytic converter, can be extremely expensive. And you've got an old car and it's not really worth spending the money. And so Rick used the term a legal mechanic. Uh, uh, I, I want to ask Rick this question. If there were someone that were willing to do the work, and even though it was a technical violation of emission laws, uh, could it be done and would it be uh, would it be a relatively uh, inexpensive procedure? Uh, in this situation, I don't think it would do any good because I think okay. what he's describing is physical damage you in the transmission okay. versus okay. an electronic programming error. Okay, then go. I'm sorry to interrupt, Bob. Go ahead, um, answer. Uh, hey, how many miles do you have on the car? Fifty, about a little over fifty thousand. I bought it, it had a 43 on it when I bought it. It had been a, uh, a car used in, in uh, rentals, mm-hmm. and, but it, 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 it runs really very well. Otherwise, it's been a good car, and I'm really feeling badly that that happened to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of a bitter pill, but I may have to just swallow it. And I presume what will happen is we'll just discount the car's price, will they not? In, yes, in, in but... Selling it to them, either you or someone else will say, well, you know. Well, Earl, Earl may not like this answer, but I'm going to put it out there anyways because I have a little bit of evil in my heart. <laughs> and so I'm going to say it. I would go into a local Toyota dealership and I would say, hey, this transmission's not shifting right. No, I don't know anything. I, all I know is it just doesn't shift right. And let them replace it under warranty because that car's under factory warranty for five years, 60,000 miles. I would just okay. simply play play dumb on it and say, no, it just started acting up and it just doesn't shift right. And let them put a new transmission in it. Actually, they would put in a, a reman transmission from the factory under warranty. Um, they would get you a rental car for however long it would take to get the job done, a day or two, and let Toyota foot the bill for it. Rick, I love you. Okay. I love you. You're, you got a little bit of the, uh, the evil car dealer yeah. in you. Except for now you're on record. But, so. it's, yeah. a, it's, it's, buy, it's buyer, buyer beware. And, John, and what, delete this one. And let me tell you something. This goes on every day that uh, uh, one of the reasons the manufacturers get nervous is because a lot of car dealers do this all the time and they watch closely and uh, work on the car dealer that doesn't know. I mean, you go into a dealership and uh, exactly as Rick described, got a problem with the transmission, uh, can you fix this under warranty, yes or no? 
I mean, uh, you're not required to know what the dealer should know, and you're not required to disclose anything when you go into a dealership. So go and give it a shot and see what happens. And odds are what's going to happen is they're going to have a technician drive the car and say, yeah, there's something going on here. He's going to hook up a scan tool, pull the codes. He's not going to find much of anything. And they're going to say, yeah, it needs a transmission. And they're going to order a transmission and install it. The old transmission will go back into this big, giant plastic box that they ship it in. And they'll send it back to the, it's kind of a sublet company that rebuilds the transmissions. And they'll use anything out of it they can to rebuild it and put it back up and uh, send it off to somebody else next. But it'll be all brand new again. And one last thing, Bob. Don't bring yeah. it into my dealership. No. Or if you do, don't he, let he, Rick or me know about it. He's a pseudonym. Because they call that plausible deniability yep. when they come after me. So either go to my competitor. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise Earl will be buying you a new transmission. And, and the dealership will get paid by Toyota. Toyota will pay for the part. Yeah. The dealership will get a, a, a profit on the part, even, even warranty. They still get money on the part. And they'll get paid to replace it. And the technician will get paid to replace it. And everybody's happy. Until we get charged back. <laughs> and Toyota will just write it off as you know, part and Rick, of their and Rick, and Rick and I know nothing. I don't know any. I, I don't, who I'm, are, I'm sorry. Bob, I just had the weirdest Bob brain moment. I, 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 I just forgot the last three minutes. There's something wrong here. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm disappointed I can't bring it to your agency because you always do great work for me. But I understand your position. And I will... Uh, I'll go to another another Toyota dealer yes, in the area. Yes, act accordingly. Yeah, you won't have a problem if you go to another dealer. Yeah, but Earl might have been winking when he said that. <laughs> just, just Bob, just Bob, use your judgment. I hope we answered your questions. Yeah, you did, ma'am. Thank okay. you very, very much. It's always, a joy, it's always a joy to listen to your program, which I do religiously every week. Thank you, Bob. Thank and you so I'm much, Bob. That's very good answer. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, where can you go to get free advice and uh well uh you did you haven't tuned into the comedy corner this is really earl stewart toyota excuse me <laughs> oh there i go okay i'm gonna be banned from the show <laughs> you've tuned into earl stewart on cars and uh i hope you stay with us uh roadrunner steve i apologize uh i see that i've just lost you again oh no and please beep, if you'll beep. just give us a third chance give us a call back maybe you he's can driving, hear, maybe, maybe he's driving too fast <laughs> you can hear that we are extremely busy maybe this an morning angle fell on him <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go back i think to Stu, I see yeah. the lines are lit up again oh. but i'll interrupt yeah, Stu, steve. and we'll bring you back Sue? Yeah. Oh, was Steve on? Is on? Uh, no he's one? gone. Okay. All right. Here's a text from David in New Jersey. I read yesterday that one third. Excuse of, me. Hey, Steve. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Roadrunner Steve is back again. <laughs> Beep. Yes. Steve. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> okay. Two things. Yesterday I was going to Walmart and they had one of those electric car chargers there. Yeah. And uh, I walked over there, and I was looking at it. I guess it's a, a charging pump. Charge I point. I looked at it. It said 29% at $8. It was a Porsche, I believe. So I went in shopping. I'm in Walmart for like 20 minutes. And the, the, 
the Porsche is still charging. Who is going to wait around that long? Especially if you got to get out of Florida during hurricane season. <laughs> Who's going to have the patience for that? Yeah. I can tell you something. It's bad enough they don't have patience waiting 10 minutes to fill up a car with gas. <laughs> it definitely takes a lot longer to charge the car. I'm learning a lot about it because um, I'm playing around with that Tesla, so um, I've been using this, the charger. Um, and then we have chargers at, at, at our dealership, so we kind of know how that you do the settings. And you can set things up to boot people off after a certain period of time. You can set up to charge them whatever you want. Um, you could you uh -huh. do it for free. Um, but charging while you're shopping at, at Walmart is not really a good use of your time because you know, you if you spend 20 minutes in a Walmart or 30 minutes in a Walmart and you charge it, you don't really pick up more than maybe a couple of miles of range on your car. Maybe that's all you need to get home, but um, yeah, well, it takes I, a while. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just saying the time that I went in there and this lady sitting in her Porsche, I mean, you think it would have been done already. Maybe she's getting some work done on her phone. Maybe, maybe Walmart <laughs> does that on purpose, Steve, because they know they, they got you there. Yeah, you you can't leave until your car gets charged. You, buy so some more, you might as well buy some probably stuff. Probably a conspiracy. I to approach the Porsche, but the, I didn't want to get the lady in the car nervous to ask her, you know. <laughs> right. It was at 29%, and it cost $8. So let's say if it was at 30%, that would have been the third, third of the way charge. So it would have came to what, over... Like forty dollars for a full charge. Yeah, so the Walmart's market uh, just jacking up the, the the rate that they're charging. It's up to the business owner what they charge. Like like we have ours set at I think fourteen cents a kilowatt hour, um, which is the average of what we we pay. We're just trying to recoup it. And um, but wow. we have seen some they're charging you know eighty cents a is kilowatt that, hour. I did yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. You mean I, I can charge anything I anything want? Anything you want. Oh, that's terrible. Well, yeah. I opened up a can of worms here. Uh, you well, sure did, yeah. Gonna, you know he's not going to do that. Okay. And here's a, another <laughs> thing I seen yesterday. I always used to see this in New York. I was at my favorite dining place on uh, Lake Worth Road and 57th Avenue. There's an auto nation over there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, in the parking lot of the restaurant, this guy had a sign five foot long, two feet high, and it said, a regal lemon on it. <laughs> Rico Lemon. He, they got themselves a yes. protester. <laughs> They're getting picketed. Well, I love it. I was in New York, and the guy would park his what? car in front of the major dealership seven days a week, mm -hmm. 24 hours a day. It, wor it works. I mean, uh, I actually had to bribe one, a customer one time. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, don't have, you probably don't believe me, but That's it wasn't our fault. And the customer was mad, and they were walking around in front of our dealership with a big sign. And I, he wanted I, like 120 bucks, so you put reach in your pocket. Yeah, I, right. I, I, I bribed him. I said, I'm sorry, even though we weren't wrong, but how much was he costing us to be out there? So I, I figured right or wrong, i got to get this guy to go home. So if you have the courage, I had another word in mind, to stand out in front of a dealership with a sign because you have a problem, it'll work. That's, That's a true story. <laughs> that was true. When, no, Earl walked out there. He goes, I'm going to go talk to him. And then me and my brothers look at him like, what's, what's going to happen? What is he doing? And he walked out there, and we're looking through the window, and then he reaches in his pocket and hands him like a $100 bill. I'm like, oh, he's bribing him. <laughs> oh, okay. Whatever works. Whatever works. Right? Okay. And by the way, I seen you on YouTube. All oh, right. good. Good. How'd I look? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he hesitated. 
You look great. That the answer is you look great, Earl. <laughs> you look young. <laughs> Love your haircut. <laughs> hey, Roadrunner Steve. Okay, everybody have we, a good and safe weekend. Talk you too, man. You. Thank you. We really enjoy talking to you. Give us a call again. Sorry for the hold. Uh, you know, speaking of Tesla uh, Consumer Report, well, um, they aren't real happy uh, with uh, the safety features that have been dropped uh, with the Tesla. Yeah. And if you pick up a, a consumer report, you can read all about it, but uh, they are definitely not on consumer reports top status. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting read. So uh, take advantage of that, ladies and gentlemen. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, if I'm talking fast, it's because I have to. It's 916 already. And give us a call, 877-960-9960. Ladies, I'm still waiting for you to give us a call. $50 for the first two new lady callers. Now, let's take advantage of the YouTube if uh, Rick is ready for us. Well, we've got quite a few comments that have been coming in. Um, Let's see here. Get back here. What is here. this? This is such a busy morning. Yeah. It's awesome. This yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Mark Ryan actually was mentioning, he says, he was attempting to negotiate a deal on a brand new 2020 hybrid Accord that was still on the lot. I don't know why it wasn't sold yet, but a, a 2020 hybrid Accord, Honda Accord, he said there, they told him there were no incentives and the dealer noted they had moved it into the final pay category. Uh, he said they're firm at MSRP, and his questions were, would you have any concerns about buying a car that has sat at the dealership for almost two years? <laughs> and what does that final pay category, what does that term mean? Oh, that's easy. Um, that means it's so old that the incentive programs have expired on it and they, they Honda sends the dealer a check and just says, do whatever you want. So his cost on the car is lowered by the amount of the incentive that's no longer available. So, um, so yeah, so they just basically- Well, you know, in normal circumstances, I'd say steer clear of that car, but in today's market, uh, you should check it out. It could treat it like a used car. I've had that car checked out carefully because it's been there so long. Yeah. And uh, but it could be you could it could be a bargain. I, it might be there just because maybe it, it's purple. Well, it could, yeah, it could have some equipment. Or maybe it's priced a little bit higher than. Yeah. It has some could, but it could be damaged. It could there could be a chronic problem in it, it. Technically, it would be covered under warranty. But I, I'd have a really good technician go over the car, pay him two hundred bucks, and you might get yourself a bargain. Today's market, uh, anything you can get. It, uh, a reasonable price is a steal because uh, you're paying too much money yeah. if you buy a new car today. But you can use that final payout in your in your uh, approach because you can say you know that Honda sent them who knows what it was maybe fifteen hundred dollars two thousand five hundred. Um, he, he knows that their cost is less than the other cars. On and the a lot. salesman probably doesn't know what final payout no. is anyway. But that's the, what the it manager is. might. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, um, I'm going to give that number out again, 877-960-9960. And ladies, I'm still waiting for you to give us a call. Win yourself $50, first two lady callers. And I want to take a moment to thank the guys behind the scene, and that's uh, Michael and Jonathan. What a great job that they do. And uh, I want to thank our audience, too, for putting us on the map. This is just the show has reached an amazing uh, successful level 
and it's because of our listeners. I thank you. 877-960-9960. We're going to go back to the phones, and we're going to talk to Bobby, who's calling us from West Palm Beach. Hi, good morning. Good morning, um, Bobby. I have a, I have a irritating problem with my air conditioner, but first I want to tell the boss that uh, Rick answers his emails when people from the radio show write into him. Oh, um, so that's nice. Thank you. Um, so the problem is um, I have an air conditioner that blows cool air and not cold air. It happens to be a Toyota. Um, and I'm no expert on air conditioners, but I sort of have diagnosed it down to something called an air conditioner control valve, um, which is sort of an interesting problem because Toyota won't sell the valve. They only sell the whole compressor, which, as you know, is a well, $1,500 part repair. Um, the control valve aftermarket is $50. And the reason why I can't just change it is because if you take the control valve out, you release all the, the refrigerant, and you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to reclaim it. Um, and so you're, I'm sort of stuck with not being able to fix the problem without just dumping the 134 out into the atmosphere. Um, so I'm looking for some guidance. Well, I, I can give you some off the air. <laughs> <laughs> I, exactly. I, yeah, yeah, that's, what, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rick, you got any legal ideas? Legal. Unfortunately, um, the best one I would say is find an aftermarket shop, uh, an independent shop, and see if they would replace that valve on it. As a dealership shop, we wouldn't be able to technically do that because we, our, our shop actually has a rule that we won't put in parts unless they're supplied by us through Toyota because then we can warranty the repair but an independent mechanic might be able to get that switch for you and install it on the compressor. Right, but that's the irritating problem is that Toyota knows this valve goes bad. The, the, the chats that are out there sort of indicate that there's enough information. They know this valve goes bad, but they, but they won't sell it independently. Yeah. And most reputable independent repair shops say, I'll try to repair a Toyota with a non-Toyota part, and they don't want it. They want Denso parts, and you can't buy it. So Toyota is creating this problem, and it's very similar to the problem with variable valve um, timing that occurred a few years ago. I had a problem, and the the Toyota diagnosis was you got to tear the engine apart and replace the sprocket. When in fact it was an oil control valve. Again, a five thousand dollar repair was made for $250, and both of those are Toyota doing this, yeah. and huh. it's making the people think that their air conditioner is bad, and it's not. It's not the air conditioner, it's a part in the air conditioner. Well, I, it I, can I, be easily replaced. I totally agree with you, and uh, air conditioning compressors is not the only place this happens, uh, and it's not Toyota isn't the only manufacturer. Uh, uh, all the manufacturers now, from cost-effectiveness uh, justification, are are making modules, and they don't they don't sell the individual components of the module. I've had situations 
um, not with the air conditioning compressor, but with larger modules of parts, conglomerations of parts, I've actually had parts fabricated because you can have a, a part that would cost, well, that should cost uh, $2.50. Uh, and you have to have a $1,000 module to replace it. I've actually had a situation where I fabricated a part, I mean personally, but I had it sublet, and, and the part might have cost $2.50. I might have paid uh, $25 to fabricate it instead of having to go for $1,000 to replace the component. But you're still caught with the what the manufacturer says, you have to use our part, and a fabricated part would not be considered a, you know, would not be considered a um, factory part. So you're, you're caught between a rock and a hard place. Rick, you had a point. One of the most infamous ones that I know of was, I believe it was one particular model year of Camry, a linkage control on the air conditioning box that controlled the blend doors, a little plastic clip would break. Mm -hmm. You could not get that plastic clip separate. You had to buy the entire air conditioning box. And the, we actually would, in some cases, take another clip that was a wrong size, mm -hmm. shave it and modify it with razor blades to install it and repair the car for the customer that way. Yeah. You hit on a Achilles heel, that's something that the manufacturers, not just Toyota, do that really riles me. And someone should look at it, like so many other things we talk about on the show, and no one's looking at it. But it's, but it's hard for the customer because, one, yeah. we don't get to talk to the mechanics very often, so we don't really know what the story oh, yeah. is. We've got to go search it out. Exactly. Um, but one last question for Rick. is Back to this AC compressor control valve it looks to be a fairly simple repair and easy to get to is that his understanding of it relatively yeah yeah it just sort of it has a little o-clamp that you un that you undo and pull it out and put a new one in and then refill your air conditioning system um but that's that's something toyota needs to do they claim to be customer friendly but they but they're not and and people and as always buyer beware yeah Absolutely. Um, shame, uh, shamefully, that's the case. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we talk about it. I guess what your, your, your call and talking about it on the air has some effect. Uh, eventually, uh, things, the, the, these things can be changed. The good news is way into the future, uh, you know, you're, you're getting more and more um, efficiency. And uh, especially if we get into all electric vehicles, uh, there are going to be fewer and fewer moving parts and fewer and fewer parts to worry about. And, uh, but right now, it is a shame to have to spend uh, several hundred dollars to replace a component when you had a 25-cent part that would fix it. It's just a shame. I know I said one last thing before, but one last thing. <laughs> if you're ever looking for somewhere to expand the show, maybe sometime, I don't know how you'd actually do it, but maybe have the callers call in and talk about some um, independent repair shops for different brands of vehicles that they've used and had success with, mm -hmm. and maybe you guys could keep a list of that or uh, something like that, just so uh, the listeners would have a way of finding shops, because that's a hard thing to do, too. Um, as hard as it is to get cars repaired, yeah. to find a, a, good and, a good and dependable repair shop. 
That's a great idea. We we do this, but we don't keep a list of those, and we should. And there are shops out there. We we, we sell but our used cars to a lot of independent shops, uh, and we we look for reliable, obviously, shops that do that. So there there are really good technicians out there, and uh, based on your suggestion, we're going to start uh, keeping a list. And not only that, but you save a ton of money because car dealers do charge more money. And a good independent, given the repair and the fact that it's something that they can address without the high price diagnostic equipment, given all those facts, you should have it repaired by an independent that knows what he's doing. And thank you. We will begin keeping that list. Thanks. I, I appreciate Thanks, the Bobby. Help. Give us a call again. You know, I'd like to get back to Tesla just for a moment, and it's uh, it's just mind-boggling to me that the safety features that have been dropped by the automakers is, uh, I, I just can't, if any of you guys have a comment, I'd appreciate it, but it affects the Model 3 sedans, and it also affects the Model Y SUVs and uh, these safety features are truly important. We're talking about the FCW, and that's the uh, forward, uh, the forward, uh, what FCW? Rick, help me out. Forward collision warning. Thank you so much. That's why Rick's here. He's got all the answers. So uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you know you wouldn't expect that from Tesla. Uh, it's uh, rated a pretty safe. Uh, well, the other vehicles are rated pretty safe. So uh, A77. Uh, Jonathan, do we have time for more calls? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're finished with our calls. We're going to go to Stu. Uh, who hasn't had a chance to mention so many texts that he's sitting on. That's okay. Uh, we have one here. Who sent this? I don't have a name on it. Um, but it says, good morning. I need your help, opinion, and guidance. Uh, chip shortage has made car buying difficult. I was in a dealership last weekend, weekend and didn't buy a car. I waited for a good period of time because the salesperson had a conflicting appointment, overlapped with his, uh, his appointment schedule. Finally, the salesperson came out, listened to the sales pitch, and he said he'd think about it. Um, he picked up on an attitude, chaos, and all that. So he has a series of questions. First one is, what day in the week is good to go and not wait or when dealers are not so, so busy? Sunday. Sunday, if they're open on Sunday um, in the morning. Um, or if that doesn't work, they're going to open uh, weekdays early in the morning, right when they open. If you get most dealers open around 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning uh, and they don't have a lot of customers then. Uh, what do you do if the dealer does not honor the Costco pricing? You report them to Costco and find another dealer. Be sure to uh, register on the website for Costco your membership number, your name, and so they know who you are and where you're going. And then you got them because if the dealer reneges, the dealer doesn't meet the commitments that Costco requires, you're on record, you go back to Costco, they will call, they will spank the dealer, and if the dealer doesn't make things right, they'll cancel them as a Costco dealer. That is correct. Uh, next question is, do I need to buy gap insurance? Um, you don't need to, um, but if you are carrying any equity over from your prior um, purchase uh, financing deal or if you don't put a lot of money down, it, it is advisable because it, it's, a, it's a worthwhile thing. And in most cases, it's around $500, $600, And um, if you had a total loss, it will protect you. You'll be able to um, be made whole um, after the insurance company buys out your car. So if you're making a big down payment or you have a big fat trade-in, you, don't have, you don't have it. As long as you're going to have equity in the vehicle, look at it this way, 
Uh, but if you go on the string, if you go say, if you put no, no money down on a lease, uh, or oh, you carry you, over equity from the uh, other, exactly. You but equity. equity in the car, you don't need gap insurance. Okay. And then the last question is: uh, Is it better to lease during because of the chip shortage? <laughs> um, that's the single most popular question I get. Uh, no, it isn't better to lease during the chip shortage. Uh, leasing to the sophisticated buyer leaser is a uh, uh, viable option. Sometimes it's actually a preferable option, but it's so far more complicated and so far easier for the dealer to take advantage of you. I, I use the rule of thumb, when in doubt, buy, don't lease. But if you know what you're doing, you can get a good value on a lease. Yep. All right. Uh, this is from David in New Jersey. He said, I read yesterday that a third of the 5% rise in inflation is due to used and new car prices. If this is the case, then the inflation we see is temporary. What's your take, Earl? I think that's a great observation. I, I didn't know it was a third. If you're right. Uh, I read the same thing. Yeah, it makes me feel better. You know, last year... It was toilet paper. This year, it's microchips. Uh, frankly, uh, I'm glad we have enough toilet paper, but uh, I'm not buying a car. So, but at any rate, uh, I think that uh, uh, it would be good for our economy to think that it was a third in the car prices because that will be gone. That will evaporate. You've seen it. I've seen it. I mean, the longer, the older you are, the more you've seen it. Everything changes, and we have a shortage of microchips now. Pretty soon, we're going to have too many microchips, and pretty soon, we're going to have too many cars. And if you can wait a few months, you can get a heck of a deal on a car because their microchips are going to be all caught up, and the manufacturers always overdo it, and there'll be too many Chevrolets, too many Toyotas, too many Hondas, and the dealers will be begging for business, and they'll be slashing prices. So, yeah, I hope you're right. That this whole inflation thing is a third based on automobile. automobile. Yeah, that's a pretty big impact, him. Yeah. Rick, did you have something? Uh, actually, Donovan Lewis just came in. Now he's he's usually sounds pretty knowledgeable here, but he says Tesla is not removing those safety features. They are transiting to a camera-based yeah. system from radar-based. Yeah. The way the NHTSA classifies those safety features, it requires radar for the wording. Uh, depth sensing cameras that Teslas have can do the same thing as radar, but it'll take time for the wording from the government to catch up. Oh. So in other words, the safety features will still be there. They'll still operate it's properly. Using a different technology. It's simply using a different technology, and they can't say they have that system because it has radar in it which they're no longer using I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to turn this into a commercial for Tesla. <laughs> Elon, attention, Elon Musk. If you're listening, you should sue the United States government. Sue the NHTSA because they're defaming you. Yeah. And uh, if that's true, I don't know, I haven't verified it, but if, if that is true, uh, then uh, you're costing Tesla and Tesla stockholders a lot of money and uh, defamation. What, what is the YouTuber's name? Uh, Donovan Lewis. Hey, uh, Donovan, uh, thank you for that uh, information. The article that I have, all they mentioned, and, you know, maybe it's somebody that's going after Tesla. I don't know, uh, but it just got my attention. But thanks for clearing that up. I appreciate that. Don't you just love our listeners? Mm. YouTube, texts, callers, 
everything. Yeah, this is like the Encyclopedia Britannica. We got, we got it all. Yes. Greatest in the world. Boy, that, that aged me, doesn't it? I should have said Google. <laughs> <laughs> but he was asked Jeeves. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking that. Can, Big, can Bigfoot, can Alta you, Vista. Can you hear the millennials out there? The encyclopedia, but what the hell can, is that? Can you imagine? I don't even have to close what? my eyes. What? I can see it in my living room. What's an encyclopedia? I, I made it available for me. I had the it World Book Encyclopedia. A, yeah. It was the greatest exactly. gift you ever got me. Yeah. I, I had the whole set, and yeah. I read the whole damn thing. Yeah. It was, and, and, I, and all you little young people out there, uh, people used to go door to door, and they knock on your door, yeah, and yeah. you come to the door, and they say, hi, I'm from Encyclopedia Britannica, yeah. and look what I can do for you. That's and exactly. You would, and then you would say, well, come on in. Uh-huh. Yeah, you'd That's, open the door, the stranger would come in, uh-huh. wearing a suit, sit in the living room, and show you his wares. And <laughs> What you, an amazing time. And then That's you'd exactly. only have to pay $25 a month for the rest of your life. Exactly. And then you had a set of encyclopedias. <laughs> In 20 years, yeah. Yeah, but okay. you had you you had the ability to to put that right in front of your children, mm-hmm. so you could expand on their education right there in your yep. home. I think we're digressing. We have. <laughs> okay, we have a, we're we have doing a, a commercial for the Encyclopedia Britannica. Back yeah. to Stu. We'll, we'll we'll wrap this up real quick. <laughs> After watching your mystery shop in Napleton's North Palm Hyundai, I just have one question. Uh, actually, they have two questions. <laughs> How do dealers like this ever sell a car? Second question, are customers really that stupid? And it's a little harsh, um, but it's more of a, a lack of education. It's an ignorance, um, that, but that's why we're here. Yeah, see, that's what I'm, I'm... Good point. Being politically correct, I have to be very careful about talking about victims. And But the reality is there are people out there that can't fend for themselves, and they need our help. And they're good people. They're not bad people just because you're not prepared. I mean, if you don't speak English very well, uh, you could be the smartest person in the world. Can you imagine being in a foreign country? You live in India, and you go into a car dealership in New Delhi, and you want to buy a vehicle. They don't speak English. You don't speak Indian. And what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to fend for yourself. And that Indian salesperson, if he's not honest and moral, He's going to take advantage of you. So we have a lot of people in this country whose English is not their first language. Exactly. We have elderly people that, I'm sorry, uh, you get to be a certain age, you're not as sharp as you were when you're 25. There, I've said it. I'm not as sharp as I was when I was 25. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm more honest. Isn't that <laughs> amazing? I'm, I'm not as sharp. Yeah. It, it just comes with time. Uh, we have a great mystery shopping report coming up uh, from Stu of uh, it's uh, Carl's Buick, I believe. Yep. Uh, do you have more text? I do. Okay. I have anonymous feedback. Great. Okay, uh, this one says, what would it take for the Florida legislature to regulate dealer fees? What would be the collapse of car dealer political power? <laughs> exactly. Right. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's all the political action committees. Think about the cumulative wealth of the auto dealers uh, it's, I believe they're about the largest employer, and uh, and uh, car dealers make a ton of money. I mean, I'm talking car car dealer profits that today are, are obscenely high, and they have deep pockets, and they get the attorney general elected, they get the state senators, they get the state uh, congressmen, they get the uh, uh, any elected official in the state of uh, any state is reliant on car dealers. So. 
Uh, it's not going to happen as long as they have that that uh, political power. They're so organized. FADA and in, in, in yeah. every other state, their state organizations, they they're they're it's a lobby. It's they're, like the NRA. They're almost as organized as trial lawyers. Trial lawyers sure. still lead the pack in, in money. The trial lawyers are. And you see the commercials, right? I mean, a lot the, of them. These trial lawyers have got deep pockets. And uh, did you know that to be a trial lawyer, that you have to give your American Express card number and a authority to renew it if you're a trial lawyer, so they can take their annual required contribution of as, as a member of the Trial Lawyers Association, the lobbying group. And so they have hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And if you try to pass a law against trial lawyers, forget about it. Can't be done. Well, a little bit like the National Rifle Association. Uh, uh, a little bit like big insurance or big auto. Now, money's where it's at. That's right. Is that compared with uh, the mafia? <laughs> well, it's, uh, they behave in similar ways, you know. Uh, we'll get two more, and we'll get through get through them real quick. Uh, good morning. The following questions are for Rick. There is a YouTuber by the name of the Car Care Nut. He claims to be a Toyota Master Diagnostic Technician. Hmm. He says not to do oil changes according to the owner's manual and to do them every six months, or every five thousand miles. He says going by owner's manual, especially the ones that say twelve months or ten k, is bad in the long run and will cause damage to the engine and oil consumption. Rick. You say go by the owner's manual for oil changes. So who is correct? I think this guy sounds like a nut. Yeah, the, he is a car. The car care nut says the following for a new car. Change the oil uh, uh, filter 1,006 months from purchase, 5,006 months. Ten, uh, okay, he's, he's rain on. Anyway, Rick, is he right or wrong? Sounds to me like he owns stock in big oil. <laughs> okay, there you go. He wants he wants fossil fuel. I'm gonna go, I'll Google him and check yeah. him out, but Car he Car sounds Car. like a real nut to yeah. me. Nut job. The last one, and this is for Rick also probably. Does the on-off switch, meaning the start-stop switch, the when you're at the light when it cuts off the engine, uh, mm. does it actually save gas on new cars uh, you know, where it starts, shuts off the engine at stoplights? GM has decided to give you a $50 credit when you buy their big SUVs like Escalade for 50 bucks. It saves them a chip. I would gladly pay $50 for moving this dumb idea in the first place. You know, and I'm, I'm all about uh, saving fuel, but, um, but I, I don't like that. I don't like that start-stop. No, I don't either. You're going to save a few pennies in fuel, but there is a a lifespan they call it where a point where you are supposed to replace the battery and the starter motor and they are somewhere in the neighborhood of about double the price of the normal battery and starter motor oh. which you'll go through it would have a normal lifespan but there is actually a maintenance interval when those batteries and starters are recommended to be replaced because by Toyota being used because they're constantly times turning on and off yeah Wow, it's I ridiculous! And you just heard the rest of the story from Rick Kearney. Right, well, that's I didn't know that. The unfortunate part is, unlike some systems on Toyotas, if you want to turn that feature off on your car, there's a button you have to push. But every time you get in the car and start it up, yep. you have to push that button to turn that feature off. Yep. Yeah. Instead of a way to turn it off that's and leave abs- it deactivated. That's absolutely awful! I just you have to push a button. That's every time it's, in the car. 
Yeah, but it's first world problems. It's a pain in the neck where you have to constantly think about that and do it every time. You it is. Car. No, it is. It's an annoyance. You could. You could. <laughs> most of the complaints we have about cars, we could chalk up to first world problems, but they are annoyances, and and, and design is so important in a car. And you yeah, know. very much so, yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I see by the clock that we do need to get to the mystery shopping report from Carl's Buick, and uh, I'm going to turn it over to. The master of ceremony, uh, <laughs> MC Earl, Mr. Stewart, <laughs> Ed McMahon, <laughs> Mr. Shop of Carl's Buick. Uh, they've been around for a long time. I, I, I'm not sure how long, but uh, in July of 2019, we Mr. Shop Carl's Buick for advertising over 25% off on a new Buick. Uh, 20, at that time, it was 2019 Buick Encore. If you don't remember how that turned out, I'm sure you can guess that it was a bait and switch ad and our mystery shopper, Agent Thunder, didn't get 25% off. That's hard to do legitimately. Looking back on old mystery shops, it looks like Carl's Buick has failed a few times. Uh, before the 25% off ad, they failed one of our Takata tests. Before that, in 2016, uh, they ran another bait and switch ad and used unobtainable rebates to come up with the undoable price, you know, you got to be a farmer, you got to be a, a, a college graduate, at the same time you got to be a veteran, all that kind of nonsense. Of course, in all three cases, Carl's Buick padded their sale prices with bogus hidden fees. So they didn't do too well in the past. It's kind of funny how Carl's Buick flies under the radar. To be sure, it's not a big dealership, far from big. Uh, but they employ some of the same tactics that we see dealers like Napleton and Grico doing. Car dealers like Arrigo, Napleton, the Gricos, and Pachillo get all the glory. They're the bad boys, famous bad boys of South Florida. Uh, and uh, there are dozens, if not hundreds, of low-key car dealers putting the same deceptive practices to work. And cumulatively, nationwide, the small, yeah, the small dealers uh, sell more cars. I mean. Uh, there's just thousands and thousands and thousands of car dealers. Some of them only sell 50 cars a month, and you'd think that they weren't all that important, but they are as you, if you add it all together. We just don't pay it that much attention because they don't sell that many cars. They don't impact the lives of as, as many consumers as the larger dealers do within a neighborhood. Yeah, just being yeah. an individual dealer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But they still deserve to be called out when they behave badly. So that's what we're doing. We're going to see if they should be called out. Carl's Buick in Stewart, Martin County. Our attention was called to Carl's Buick this time because they ran another ad featuring a big discount. This guy, dealers out there, beware. You run a too-good-to-be-true ad, we're going to visit you. We will be knocking on your door. So go ahead, run the crazy ad, but you're just asking. For us to knock. We'll be there. We're watching. <laughs> Look over your shoulder. Uh, this kind of ad is rare these days due to the inventory crunch. No one has cars to sell. Trust me. Dealers are stocking as little as 10% of what they normally keep on their lots. When supply goes down, prices go up. Economics 101. And they should, to a point. But car dealers are very resourceful and have capitalized on the inventory situation to justify price gouging. For the first time in history, they can actually rationalize and justify their market adjustment addendums by citing the national vehicle shortage. Finally, after lying to right. you right. about this, they have a pandemic situation. It's like a 
clock is right twice exactly and they're just so excited because they can actually tell the truth that you know we have a shortage you know we're going to have to charge a lot of money for this car this is why a car ad featuring a big discount is so unusual i mean we figured this has got to be a lie we had to check it out so we called up agent lightning our female shopper i mean uh thank god for agent lightning we're finally doing what we should have done a long time ago is showing the female view of life out there among car dealers. Okay, speaking the first person as if I am Agent Lightning. Before heading up to Stewart, Florida, I found an ad for a new 2021 Buick Enclave on try, TryCarl.com. What an unusual name, uh, website, TryCarls.com. Interesting. An unusual name for a car dealer website that offered $5,050 discount. That's a big one. Off MSRP, that's huge. MSRP was 53185 Okay, I'm Agent Lightning. I'm female. I took my daughter along for the mission because she did such a great job a couple of weeks ago. Really good job. At H. Greg Nissan helping me with my cover story as I, you know, went in as a secret agent. We walked in the showroom at 12.40 p.m., greeted by a woman near the front door. Oh, it's good, woman on woman. She asked us what it was uh, brought us in. I said I had seen some good offers for new cars on their website. She asked me if I was communicating with anyone from the dealership online. And I responded that I had not. The woman picked up a phone, pressed a button, and loudly paged for a salesperson or the intercom. Now that's indicative of the old two-tier pricing. And we, many dealerships for many years, and even today, they have your internet price and you have you walk in the door price and they want to be sure when you come in that you don't have the one price if they're going to give you the other price if you know what I mean we waited for a minute and then Braham am I getting impressed? Abraham I, th- I think it's short for like Abraham or Abraham but it's, a, it's French I googled it and okay. I pre- I got the pronunciation Abraham Abraham came, came over to say hello I showed him uh, the ad for the Bria Conclave and asked if uh, it was still available he said he could check, then led us over to a desk, searched his computer. He told me a now familiar story. Here we go. The car business is crazy these days. There are no cars because there's no microchips. Used cars and new car prices are at all-time highs, and they're very close. As I said earlier, you might be thinking twice about buying the used car when you could be buying the new car for pretty close to that price. Never thought I'd have to say that, but it's true. Brian found the Enclave's listing on his computer, happily reported that it was in stock and available. He said I was lucky they only had 30 or so new cars in stock, so a miracle that we got the car that we advertised. It's a miracle that any car dealer has the car that they advertise. In normal times, it's a miracle. Yeah, normally. Uh, He went on to ask me for all my personal information, made copies of my driver's license and insurance cards when he was done he led me and my daughter outside to, to find the enclave. So nice to be able to lick my fingers oh, yeah. when I turn the page because I don't have my mask. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not supposed you to. You should see him with a, with a rack of ribs in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> I do see some barbecue sauce fingerprints over there on that. <laughs> it wasn't hard to find. The lot was small and I could easily see their entire depleted stock of new cars. There was no addendum. Hmm. No addendum on the oh vehicle, boy. nor was there a Mononi label. Uh, 
it was lying in the back seat. That's sloppy. But I have to say it's not uncommon. Legally, they're supposed to be on the car. This was in the back seat. Shouldn't happen. That's just the way it is. I mean, I'm sorry to report. Um, um, where am I here? Yeah, uh, I checked and the VIN matched. Something you should always do when you buy a car, good times, bad times, always check the Monroney and check the VIN and be sure that the car that you're responding to, maybe by advertisement, that they're one and the same. Brian was good on his test drive, explained all the features, engaging with me and my daughter uh, appropriately. We drove for over three miles. It's a fair size uh, test drive. Brian encouraged me to accelerate, hard brake, uh, hard accelerate, as I said, take aggressive turns. Uh, he wanted me to really get the feel for the Enclave, kind of like the way we came to the radio show, Nancy and I, this morning. A lot of fun. I a bet. lot of fun. Except <laughs> <laughs> fun for me, not for Nancy. At any rate, uh, that's a good test drive, by the way. You should do that. Uh, safely when you're buying a new car or a used car, test drive it in, in a manner that you drive. If you're an aggressive driver, drive the car aggressively. Just don't have yeah. someone in the car that doesn't like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a good point. Exactly. I wondered why Nancy was sweating when she came in this yeah, morning. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm pretty seasoned. When we pulled back in the dealership parking lot, Bram asked me if I liked it and if I'd be interested in taking it home today. You know, trial close, they call it. I said I'd love to see some numbers so I could determine if it'll fit into our budget. We walked back inside. Priam told me that I could get 0% financing, uh, but then the, the price would come up. He said I would need to qualify credit-wise for the 0%. Nice of him to tell you that. Oftentimes, people don't tell you that. But either way, uh, it's it a great deal, although he said 0% was better if I kept the car through the whole term. That's kind of true. I mean, there's an element of truth in that. Graham offered my daughter and I bottles of water, excused himself to get numbers from his manager. In less than five minutes, Bram was back with a worksheet. The market value selling price was MSRP 53,185. So the market value was supposed to be the same as the MSRP. And we know that that is about right in about two thirds of the cars these days. That's how high the prices are. They took off a $5,050 rebate, and the adjusted price was what I saw in the ad. $43,135. Wow. Then they, here we go, then they added $799 for Carl's Advanced Environmental Protection. Okay. Five years inside and out, and $466 for a three-year maintenance plan. <laughs> Next to the maintenance was optional. Okay. Disclosure. It was handwritten in parentheses, but nevertheless, some disclosure. Let's see what happens later on. The total purchase came to 49400 Then came more ads. This is SOP with car dealers, unfortunately. $115 for electronic filing fee, another word for hidden fee, dealer fee, and $699 dealer fee, another word for hidden fee. Out the door, 53651 Brian, uh, drew the more, uh, more parentheses around the prices for the car's advanced environmental protection and the maintenance plans, and he said that these were optional. Now that's good, and frankly quite surprising that he would say that verbally. Now you have a double disclosure, fine print and then verbal. That's good. Uh, kudos to Brian. 
and could be deducted from the price, but he strongly recommended I take them there for value. That's okay. We call that puffery. Selling. Selling, yeah. And that's what people pay their salespeople to do, puff. I mean, you know. Well, these days, you know. <laughs> Probably we a lot, got a lot of puffing going I could on. really digress and have fun with that, but we don't have time. <laughs> on the left side of the worksheet, there were some payments and down payment options. Bram said the payments were all guesses since I had run my credit. Another um, logical and good disclosure. He said he believed the payments on the worksheet were based on 4.9%. He said zero earlier. But I think that was just careless. No, no, I think because he used the the the. the the price, uh, the, uh, the cash version used that the, the, the whatever rebate they had, so you couldn't use zero percent ah, unless okay. you raised the price. Yeah. Okay, so everything exceptionally legitimate up to this point, and surprisingly, I asked him what um, he could do about the price. I said that with uh, with the extra packages and fees, without uh, with the extra packages and fees, I thought I was going to get what wasn't what I was getting. Uh, Price. Price thought I, the price I thought I was going to get wasn't what I was getting. Exactly. Right, that was a mouthful. Yeah, right. uh, I didn't write this, folks. It was written by oh, my yeah. son. When, it, when it's bad, he blames me. <laughs> Bram said there was no room to renegotiate and that the price was the price. But he reminded me that I did not have to take the environmental or maintenance. I had a triple disclosure. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wants a deal. I actually have tears in my eyes because Brian is truly a good soul and a good, I mean, he's a moral guy. And uh, that was really uh, uh, unusual and honest. I thanked him for his time and said I would discuss it with my family and get back to him. So here we are. Other than the unwanted items and hidden fees, Carl's Buick and Stewart, Martin County, Florida, honored the ad price. Folks. Well, that was kind of like the Mrs. Lincoln, other than the (laughs) the unwanted items. How'd you like to play, yeah. It was nice of Brian to tell Agent Lightning that the extra charges were optional. The softest sell of unwanted, car, uh, unwanted dealer installed substance we've ever seen. However, this was a big profit for Carl's and a big fat commission for Brian. Okay, so so what? I mean, I have nothing against people making a profit. I think if you do your moral duty of disclosure and honesty, and then you leave the decision up to the consumer, a salesman, a car dealer, has done all he should do. The $5,050 discount was a factory rebate. Carl's discounted the vehicle exactly $0, and that's because of the real situation, microchip shortage, high, high demand, low supply. The marketplace establishes the price and full honest transparency and disclosure. That's the reason I say don't buy a car today unless you have to. Because even if you get an honest deal, you're going to be paying a lot of money. Don't buy a newer used car today unless you have to. So here I am, uh, the recovering car dealer, uh, committing financial suicide on the air. (laughs) He does it every week. The price, (laughs) the $5,050 discount was a factory rebate. Okay, I just said that, didn't I? Carl's discount, the entire vehicle, uh, zero dollars, blah, blah, blah. Then there we are. We got a vote, right? Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I got to tell you that I'm, I'm impressed. I, wa- I don't want to prejudice don't, don't, the don't, votes. Yeah, don't, don't, don't yeah. influence. We're going to have to move real fast. Let's do yeah. the votes. We have some coming in. Uh, nothing on Facebook yet. Uh, so Bob gives them a B minus. Mark gives them a B plus. Um, where my head was, 
um, I was leaning towards like a B-ish sort of grade. I know that he did a lot of disclosure. I did not like how they pre-printed the environmental and the maintenance plan on the buyer's order um, ahead of time, kind of assuming the sale. So I'm going to lower mine down to a C. But I do think it was a good experience. I just think that um, they didn't put the addendum on the car. That's great. But they put it on the buyer's order, and that's a, a, a mark lower for, for me. And uh, there we go. Okay, that's the only grade I have so far. Okay. Uh, I am going to give them a B minus. Uh, they honored the ad, uh, music to my ears. Uh, but for uh, Carl's Buick, I give them a B minus. Rick? Negan with an A. Wayne with an A. Uh, Mark Anderson, or B. Bro Scientist, C. Mark with a B plus. Tom with a C. And me, I'm giving them a B plus. I think they did great. Earl? I'm going to give them an A. Okay, ladies and hey, gentlemen. There it is. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. We enjoyed your company. We hope we not only entertained you, but educated you. Stay tuned. Next week at the same time, we'll be right here Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye.